39 of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast. I am Eddie Cohn. Feeling really good. It's July 5th. I feel good despite the fact that I have to get back to work and I'm back to staring at my computer again after like six, seven days in Alaska. I just got back from Alaska, which was absolutely surreal, indescribable. You know, you, you are standing out over these immense landscapes and glaciers in front of you, and you're trying to capture the beauty. And uh, no matter what you do, your phone can capture how amazing everything looks, which I guess is is in this weird sort of way kind of cool because it sort of forces people to go to these amazing natural landscapes and wildlife and and really the only way to feel the 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 amazing emotions from nature is actually going there so it, it was just incredible you know the weather wasn't ideal the first few days it was a bit rainy but then it uh, the clouds broke and in the last couple of days it was 65 degrees we went to Seward we went to Girdwood we did an all-day boat tour. A friend of ours was getting married, so we stayed at the Alaska Resort, and they had a Nordic spa. So one day for like four or five hours, we were just enjoying this spa outside in the sun. It was amazing. And, I, I you know, this, this will get a bit dystopian and a bit negative here because travel does actually, on the one hand, I absolutely love travel. And I think 90% of me absolutely loves travel, but there are a few moments when I'm traveling that I, I get really uh, dark and depressed and sort of lose faith in the human race. So I'll get there, I'll get there in a second. Um, but wow, I just, I, I just am still in awe of, of, of what we saw. And it makes me just want to keep traveling. A friend of ours said something really poignant to me that I can't stop thinking about. She just turned 53, and she and her husband like to travel every summer. And and she was telling me, you know, when I turned 50, she said, it made me realize that I may only have like 25 or 30 more summers to travel. So I need to make sure that I go somewhere special every summer. And that was sort of like, wow, to think that you know, I just turned 50, that that I may only have 25 or 30 more summers. So that certainly was a slap to my face to make me realize, wow, I need to really get out of here and, and try to get to somewhere special every, every year before my time is up. You know, it's like I can still do so much with my body and, and I feel great. So I guess the time is now. And and that's the thing that I want to start off with, this idea of travel. I I think it's truly a miracle. I was going online a few days ago, and I saw that between 90 and 100,000 flights take off and land around the world every day. And, you know, other than a flight may be delayed or you may get bumped, there's never any crashes. And, and I think to myself, wow, if all these other systems worked in such an efficient manner, like the airline industry, I think so much would be improved in our society. But we take it all for granted, I think. Just this idea that you can just hop on a plane and be somewhere new in three or five hours. It's truly breathtaking. It's, it's mesmerizing. I can't believe it. 
It's it just to have access to this mode of travel that can take you anywhere. And the, and the funny thing is, this feels like this always happens. Whenever we get back, and I have my anxieties around flying, and I think a lot of it is because when you're up in the air, you imagine, oh my God, if this thing is going down, there's no way I'm going to live. And it's terrifying as hell thinking about what could happen. So we get back to LA and we get into our Uber and there's this part down La Cienega where it's downhill, it's near the Kenneth Hahn Park and the speed limit is like 50 or 55, but if you're not careful, you can you can hit 60, 65 pretty easily. There's nobody on the road because it's the day before or two days before July 4th. So it's quiet and we're going down La Cienega and all of a sudden I see this car picking up speed right next to us and our Uber driver felt like was starting to race him. So we're... We're clocking at 70 going down La Cienega. And I say to the driver, hey, do you mind slowing down? We're in, we're in no hurry here. And he doesn't speak very good English, but he slows down and we get down to 60. But I think to myself, it's so funny how we have these ridiculous fears about flying when rarely anything ever goes wrong. And I know I get a little claustrophobic. It's a little scary being up in the air. I can't stand the turbulence. But in the scheme of things, it is so much safer than driving our cars around Los Angeles. So it's, it's just so funny how our perspective on things is, is really often blurred by our own emotions. So first part here, you have to travel. You have to see new places. I've seen Tahiti this year. We just got back from Alaska, two places that you definitely have to check out. Uh, both expensive places right now, that's for sure. I was pretty amazed at how expensive Alaska was, but I guess it makes sense. Um, but I do want to share a few quick stories. You know, my show is about how technology has ruined our society. And, and I think, you know, on the one hand, Technology is so brilliant, makes us have access to so much information, makes our lives easier. Being able to use Uber, ordering groceries, sharing photos with all these cool apps on it, like Instagram. I mean, it's, it's amazing what we can do. But whenever I travel, I sort of get a little depressed looking around. I, I used to be a a big-time people watcher. I still am. But I've realized it's a bit depressing now looking around at everybody when you're traveling. So we're in the terminal in LA, and I couldn't believe how busy the terminal was in Seattle, but we're, in, we're sitting there in Seattle, and I'm looking around, and everybody's got their goddamn phones in their hands, Everybody's looking down. Nobody is talking to one another. Nobody's reading a book. And, you know, I'll sort of, I like to go for walks in the airport before I have to sit on a plane for two or three hours just to stretch my legs. And sometimes I'll look around and, and sort of try and glance and see what people are looking at. And nine times out of 10, they're playing video games, watching a TV show, or looking at TikTok. That's it. I see these families of four or five. Nobody is talking to one another. They're all looking down at their phones. And it's fucking pathetic. It's depressing. And is this cultural addiction as bad as meth or fentanyl or being addicted to cigarettes? 
Probably not. But there is a reason. I'm going to give you one more example. But there is a reason why I think people have a hard time with their emotions, have a hard time communicating and relating to other people. It's because they stare at their phones all the time. Like, how deep of a connection can you get if your only connection is through a technological device? And so when I look around in the terminals and see everybody staring down at their phone, I mean, maybe I shouldn't get so emotionally invested in what people are doing. Uh, I typically have my headphones on and I'm listening to music or I'm, I, I love the New Yorker. I love reading the New Yorker when I'm, on, when I'm traveling. Maybe I shouldn't get so emotionally invested, but, but part of the joy of living is sharing those experiences with other human beings. Like yesterday, we went to the stairs in Santa Monica to exercise. It's, it's the staircase that you go up and down. And of course, there's those insane people that are walking up and down the stairs, staring at their phone, watching TikTok videos. Like that is an accident waiting to happen. But then there was this man, probably around my age, with his three boys, all under the age of 16, um, going up and down the stairs. And he has this big smile on his face. And he says something. Oh, he sees the bicycles that we have next to us. And he says, wow, did you ride here? And I said, yeah. And he's asking me how long of a ride it was. And I said, it's about 10 miles here. And he was really impressed by our bike ride, how we're riding there, and then going up and down the stairs, and then riding back home. And so I started to ask him about his kids. And, and he was really tall. And he's, he was talking about basketball. And then there was Secret Service there at the stairs. I guess there was somebody from Washington, D.C. that was going up and down the stairs. Had no idea who it was, but the Secret Service agent was talking to me, and we were talking about exercise. And it made the whole experience more enjoyable. Those, those interactions. Now, look, maybe I'm unique. Maybe you don't get emotionally... Um, energized or titillated when you're communicating to other people. Like pay attention to how maybe one day when you go into the grocery stores or you're shopping or you're going around town, start a conversation. Or if you see somebody that doesn't have their phone in their hand, which I know is not easy these days, you know, engage with them and notice how that, um, that engagement feels. Do you feel better? I certainly do. It's, it's exciting. It's fun. And there was another guy there with his young daughter, and she was like, oh, my God, do I have to go up and down again? And we were cracking jokes, and I don't know. It was a good time. And I think those simple day-to-day interactions just don't happen much anymore. So I just was so bummed out. I get so bummed out when I look around, and especially when I see kids under the age of, like, six holding that fucking phone. It's like, God, boy, they're done. That's over. Any normalcy of, of, of brain development has been completely torpedoed by the fucking phone that's in their hands. And this relates to phones. So we went on this all-day boat ride um, in Seward, Alaska, 
where we got to see glaciers and we saw whales and orcas and we saw sea lions and we saw just this incredible landscape. And then we eventually get taken to an island where we have a salmon dinner. And it was a little rainy. It was definitely windy. And it was it was pretty cold. You know, we had to go inside sometimes. But we had no cell service the whole time. And I was certainly a little anxious. You know, my brain goes to this place of, I don't like to be somewhere where you don't have a quick way to get to a doctor's office or a hospital. I think to myself, if something goes terribly wrong, you slip and slip and fall like the pool or not the pool deck, the ship deck was really slippery. So I was really careful walking around. Let's say you get uh, food poisoning or let's say you get seasick. Like let's say something really terrible goes wrong. How quickly can you get to a hospital? And so we're sort of out in the middle of nowhere on this boat. Like we're out in open water, um, and the boat's not able to go that fast. I'm thinking like 20 or 30 miles per hour. So if I do slip and fall and hit my head, how quickly am I going to be able, be able to get to a hospital? Or if I get seasick, like I've never been on a boat for nine hours. I didn't know how I was going to react. So I didn't eat much food that morning. Uh, they offered lunch. I only had like nuts and some dried fruit because I, I was curious, am I going to get seasick? And if I get really sick, it's not like they're going to turn the boat around just for me because there's probably about, I don't know, 100 people on board. So those situations always, you know, beforehand raise my anxiety level. But we were on the boat with some friends because we were, we were there for a wedding. I'm really supportive of using your phone to take photos or videos. I think they're fantastic. But then the problem becomes when you start to use your phone for just, you know, mindless minutia. But so we're all taking photos. But outside of that, nobody is using their phones. And when you're sort of living this experience all together, it's so much fun because you're talking and you're sharing the joy of of seeing whales and orcas and seeing this glacier that is calving right in front of you. It's, it's just absolutely mesmerizing and jaw-dropping and so beautiful. And we're all speechless and we're all sharing this experience together. And we're not distracted by texts. Again, an example of experiences being uplifted because you're not, inter- because you're not interrupted by a freaking beep. And there was this moment where my friends were outside on the deck and I was getting a little cold and there weren't many seats inside. So I walk inside and there's this, it's, they're like booths and, and four of the six seats are taken and a seat is open. And I, you know, I say to them, hey, hey, can I sit down? And they're, and they're really nice. Absolutely. And so I sit down and we start talking and two of them are from San Diego uh, this other couple lives in Southern California, and they just bought a house in Alaska. And we start talking, and one of them broke their ankle, and she was feeling a little anxious being on the boat because she's still in a like a, not a boot, but I guess a splint. But we ended up having this really wonderful 15, 20 minute conversation. And, and every time I would go outside, if I walk back in, they would yell like, "Hey, Eddie!" And I would sit back down and talk to them. And again, this was all possible because. My phone didn't work. 
I mean, I think I probably would have engaged with them anyway. But think about all those moments in your life, or even culturally, where those moments of conversation or engagement are uprooted because people just sit down and go straight to their phone and whatever's on fucking TikTok or Instagram. Like we are in that experience on that boat where not only not only are we living the experience uh, collectively because we're all so in awe of nature, but because we have no cell service, it forces everybody to talk and engage. And those moments where you're sitting there talking to one another are so fruitful and so wonderful and, and fill me up. We went to an all-day Nordic spa at the Alaska Hotel, and it was just so much fun because nobody had their phone, and we're all talking and having a great time, and it just, man, I, I really think to myself, so much culturally would be fixed if we just didn't have our fucking phones with us everywhere we went. It's, it's pretty simple. I don't know. I just, I get so emotionally rejuvenated when I'm around people and we're talking and we're having a good time. And then when I look around at the world and these experiences are uprooted by phones, it's just such a drag. So I, I want you to really pay attention over the next couple of weeks. You know, when you're living this experience, a new experience, do you have to clench your phone? Is it with you everywhere you go or do you put it down? And, you know, live the experience or maybe talk to people around you. Because those moments, those experiences, I fully believe bring so much energy to your spirit and make you feel better. My last story. This is a great one. Well, I, th I think it's great. It's quick, but... So something I've noticed over the last couple of years when I get on a plane, the shades are always down. And so the first thing I do when I get on a plane, or what we do, is we, we open the shades. Because, you know, I get a little claustrophobic, but I also love to look outside. I, I'm still sort of in awe of being up 35,000 feet, and I love to look at the clouds. Or if I know I'm flying over the Rocky Mountains, I love to look outside. And, you know, here we are flying to Seattle first, and the weather was gorgeous. And then we're flying up to Anchorage, Alaska. I've never, I've never flown that direction. So, of course, I want to look out the window. I want you to pay attention when you get on a plane next time and see how many shades are down. And when I look around the plane, it's, it's at least 80%. And I know it's because people want it to be dark so what it, because that way they can see whatever they're looking at on their phone, they can, it, it's easier to see. Or they're not even thinking about what's outside because they're so fucking addicted to whatever's being fed at them on their phone. And so there's this moment where, well, let me backtrack. I've been to Seattle maybe 10, 15 times. My uncle, who has since passed, uh, lived in Seattle and... I have friends up there, and my aunt and cousin live up there still. So I've been up to Seattle maybe 10 to 15 times. And I think Mount, Mount Rainier, I've seen maybe once. Every time I go there, it's either cloudy, or even if it's sunny, you can't see it because it's covered up 
um, or it's being blocked by clouds. So we land in Seattle for our layover from Anchorage, and it's 75 degrees and sunny and not a cloud in the sky. And you could see Mount Rainier from the airport just while we're taxiing to, to you know, for waiting for our next flight. Um, we're, it's, 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 just, it's absolutely beautiful. I've never seen Mount Rainier so clear. We leave Seattle, heading for LA. We take off, and when you when you um, take off in Seattle, you're heading north. So then, obviously, the plane turns and heads south uh, after taking off. So we take off. We're, we make a big swooping turn, and we're heading south. And it's probably been like two minutes. And there, luckily for us, there happens to be one window, like the row right behind us the window shade is open and every other shade is closed. The whole way down the fucking airplane, every shade is closed. And I look to my left and what do I see? It it looks like it's no more than 500 to a thousand feet away. And we are literally parallel with, we we are literally parallel with the tip of Mount Rainier. And I'm looking to my left and I have never seen anything like this before. I've never been this close to such a huge mountain. And sort of the shocking thing to me is I couldn't believe the pilot didn't get on the radio and say, hey, and if you look to your left, you have this great view of Mount Rainier. And maybe he's looking at his phone too. I'm joking. Let's let's hope the pilot isn't looking at his phone also. But um, I'm sitting there awestruck. And Emmy and I are looking out like, holy shit, I can't believe what we're looking at. It was absolutely beautiful. And I think to myself, all of those people in the whole airplane on the left side, other than the group of people behind us whose whose window was open, uh, whose shade was open, and us who happened to be looking over there, nobody got to see how beautiful Mount Rainier looked that day. And I also think to myself, did anybody care? Like people are so addicted to TikTok and Instagram, whatever they're looking at on their phones, that even if they did see Mount Rainier, they'd be like, okay, whatever, let me get back to TikTok. Like we now live in a world where the beauty of nature potentially isn't interesting to people anymore because it doesn't have that mesmerizing or energetic or algorithmic power that TikTok has. So the pilot didn't think to share and say, hey, if you look out your window, you can look at Mount Rainier. And all those people that don't open up their shade missed out on looking at this incredible view of Mount Rainier. So I'll leave you with this thought. How much, and it's something I think about, how much are you or we collectively missing out on because we're always looking at our phones? I want you to think about that. Hopefully you're not missing out. Hopefully you're not addicted to your phone to the point where you're missing out on Mount Rainier or whatever beautiful viewing or beautiful experience nature has to offer day in and day out. Because that's what ha- that's what's happening. People are missing out because they're addicted to their phones. You know where to find me. If you enjoy the show, please share it with your friends. 
which would what would be even more amazing is if you head over to iTunes or Spotify and give the show a five star. Send me a message on Instagram at the Spiritual Spiral Podcast or Eddie Cohn. I've just been to Tahiti in Alaska. I'm thinking about going to Amalfi Coast, maybe Cabo, thinking the Canadian Rockies. Where should I go? Any travel suggestions? You know, I love to travel, and this last year has been a, an amazing year of travel. So message me on Instagram. Would love to hear from you. I've got a few guests lined up, but I'm not going to speak to them till the end of the month. So I'll probably be back with a couple more episodes before then. But as always, I really appreciate your support. And um, you know where to find me, as I said, on, on social at Eddie Cohn or the Spiritual Spiral Podcast. And I'll speak to you soon. As always, thanks so much for listening, supporting, and being a part of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast.